0: Welcome back to Product 30 and in this episode, I sit down with Sophie Badosh, the marketing lead at TreeApp, the app that lets you plant a tree for free every day. Now, TreeApp is a multi-sided platform that connects sustainable business sponsors, environmentally conscious consumers and tree plantations. Consumers log into the app, answer three questions from one of the tree sponsors and then have the choice on where they would like to plant their tree. The cost of which is subsidized by those business sponsors who are asking questions around some product or service research. Now, since launch, TreeApp has acquired over 80,000 users, the majority of which through organic advertising. In the next 30 minutes, Sophie and I dive into how TreeApp created their marketing strategy, why customers keep coming back every day, how to establish the right narrative with your potential customers, and much more, including their sort of new venture into their B2B offering. So this is a really good episode. I hope you enjoy it and I'll speak to you soon. Welcome back to the Product 30 podcast where I'm on a mission to uncover what it takes to make highly successful products, sharing insights from founders, product managers, creators, technicians, and in today's case, marketers. Uh, So on their journey to create exceptional customer experiences. Uh, Today, I'm joined by Sophie Badosh uh we knew each other uh from way back um, and sophie is the marketing lead at TreeApp. so sophie do you want to introduce yourself
1: hi so yes um my name's sophie um i'm half french half english so sorry if there's uh, some uh lost in trans- some words lost in translation <laughs> but yeah i moved to the uk for my studies that i undertook at um, warwick which is where i met bailey and i went on then to do my masters at king's where i did mar- uh, marketing and that's where my journey at TRIAPP began, where um, I was doing my masters and TRIAPP as an internship part-time, um, and that was before TRIAPP even existed, it was a concept. The founders approached me and uh, it's been a really wonderful experience to be there from the very, very beginning to kind of, you know, strategize on how uh, our go to market strategy and all this um, it was very exciting. and. Um, yeah, it's been a bit over two years now that I've been at TreeApp. Um, and yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's all good. So I guess like for the context of this podcast, I think what people would be really interested in understanding a bit more is like, tactically, what does it look like marketing and creating a go to market strategy for a B2C app? And maybe we, could, we can get into more of the details of like your day to day and maybe things that you've learned along the way, things that have worked, things that haven't worked yeah. um, from a, from a marketing perspective. Um, But maybe first you want to introduce a little bit about TreeApp, what what the app is, how did the idea come about? And and I guess your journey into getting on board with it.
1: Okay. So TreeApp is a mobile app which enables anyone to plant a tree for free every day in less than a minute. And the way it works is as a user, you open the app, you land on a map of the world, and you basically choose where you want to plant your tree. And we currently plant in 12 countries. So once you've chosen the, your reforestation project, you interact with a um, with an advert from one of our sustainable brand partners, and that usually lasts around sixty seconds. And on the back of completing that ad, they will fund for your tree to be planted. So for the user, it's really it's great because they get to discover sustainable mm-hmm. brands, but also you get to track your impact, how much carbon you've offset, and. Um, since November, we've also launched a marketplace where you can now purchase these these products um, directly from TreeApp. Um, so yeah. Um,
0: and so, so talk, talking about the app then. So when it when you sort of joined, what what stage was TreeApp at? Was it just an idea? Was it like something that they had down and they needed someone to help bring users into the platform? Yeah. Like-
1: so the reason TreeApp. Um, was created was because the founders basically identified three barriers to taking climate action. People didn't have the time, money, or know how to do so. Mm-hmm. So they came about and found it tree up. I think it also comes from personal experiences where, um, Godefroy, who's half French, half Greek, um, noticed obviously the wildfires firsthand in, in Athens, I think in 2019 or 2020 and Jules who's half French, half Turkish, um, him he saw he realized the importance of not only planting trees but planting the right trees in the mm-hmm. right place because the government in turkey decided to plant millions of trees and i think that was also in 2019 but a couple months later all of these trees didn't survive so that's how TreeUp was founded was basically providing a solution where people were able to make an impact every day but also making a you know an impact that mm. will last on our planet
0: and so what what did it look like when you joined? Was it just in its infancy? Like how exactly. many how many customers or users did you have on the platform when you joined? And I guess where have where we got to today?
1: So when I joined, uh, TriApp was exactly definitely in its infancy. Uh, it was a concept. And since uh, it's been two years now, we actually recently celebrated our second birthday on Earth Day, um, which was the 22nd of April and we've gone from zero users to 80,000 users in the wow. space of 2 years. Um so that's um most of it has been done organically. I'd say 90% of our user base was acquired organically. Uh there's a lot of of paid strategy now uh, mm-hmm. for the user acquisition which uh, is obviously a really exciting new prospect for for marketing mm-hmm. as well. Um to, you know, to see the, the whole marketing strategy evolve from the go-to-market to now, now that we've acquired this user base, it's also realizing how do we engage with our users? How mm. do we retain our users?
0: And I think if we, if we go back to when you were sort of starting, like a lot of like app companies or like B2C companies, there's almost that tipping point or that point on the, the curve where it's like, now we're starting to like exponentially grow what was that number in terms of like the number of customers like how long did it take for that organic reach to to start to grow like more than like you were expecting basically
1: um that's a really good question i'd say it took probably in our in our first year Mm -hmm. um is really when in year one is when we did everything organically and that was twofold uh a lot of it was word of mouth Mm. uh, and that was through our efforts on social media And, you know, we were growing our our client base as well in terms of our sustainable brand partners. Mm. Uh, And our other um, acquisition channel was mostly our brand ambassadors who obviously spread the word about TreeApp. And I'd say when it really, really scaled was after year one when we started our paid ads as well. And obviously having both working hand in hand is where you really see your product Mm. suddenly um, just growing. And, you know, it's kind of the situation where you... To get big brands, you need a certain amount of client uh, of, of users, but mm. to have users, you also need to show, okay, you have yeah. X and X brand on, on TreeApp. So um, yeah, it was definitely once we, we managed to have a holistic marketing strategy that we saw uh, the product take off. Mm.
0: And what, like, I'm, I'm really interested in, in understanding, like, because I think I've spoken to a lot of different like, startup founders that are trying to build apps and organic growth is like, one of the hardest things. So what do you think it is about TreeApp that sets itself apart? Because I imagine you could have the best marketing strategy in the world, right? Yeah. But if the product wasn't right, if people didn't care about the mission and what they could do on it. So what do you think sets TreeApp apart just from any other app?
1: So I think one of the things that we did uh, initially, which really, really helped guide us was we established our tone of voice at the very beginning, Mm -hmm. even before the app launched. And establishing this tone of voice really guided the whole marketing and how do we engage with our followers and users throughout all departments, whether it's sales, marketing, product, just, and keeping this consistency has also driven how how we engage and how we communicate with everyone, and I think for example, from a social media perspective, we have this policy if policy where we basically uh, you know we respond to every messages we receive we we always want to engage and listen from you know always listening from because customer feedback et cetera mm-hmm. and I think that's something that's really helped us grow from from the early um, from the early days and set us apart is people felt like they were part of our journey uh through the way that we were communicating with everyone and
0: i'd be really interested to actually understand like you mentioned about that strategy of like paid search uh social media what was it what was that strategy that you set out what what was it actually looking like what were you what were the type of things you were posting on instagram facebook or whatever channels that you you were using at the time and was, was there anything that you learned that like particularly worked well and that didn't work well?
1: For sure so I think something that was really important was establishing our brand pillars and our content pillars on the back Mm -hmm. of this so we noticed that our users really really enjoy seeing progress photos from our planting sites Mm -hmm. because they feel you know they can see the impact that they're actually having across the world. Um,
0: How how did you know that they were? enjoying that as well was that just yeah. like through like i guess metrics on social like the number of reactions comments that sort of thing
1: exactly so yeah. we were really we're very database i'd say as a company and we, we really track yeah. uh, as you said engagement rates likes mentions all this and yeah through through analyzing our social media posts we definitely saw that progress pics work better than just if we were to plant if we were to post a photo of a of a tree picture mm. for example um, as I mentioned as well, our tone of voice was something that we established very early on. I think we can consider that Tree app is a bit cheeky, friendly, approachable, and that's why memes actually works very well for us. Um, and it was good that we could kind of leverage that as well and, uh, you know, as I said, understand what our users and followers like or don't like seeing. And it's really important to track this from the early beginnings because it's been two years now that we obviously adapt our strategy. Some things mm. that worked a year ago probably don't work as well now. But it's really important to look into it and yeah, and just listen to what our followers want to see. And mm. that's why we, all, we also, I mean, that on Instagram especially, you've got so many tools where you can use polling features, question stickers, etc., and yeah, I'd say I'd say uh, that's really important for TreeApp.
0: And do you think that sort of medium, like the, the polls and questions, are where you get most of the customer feedback that then ties in, I guess, two parts. One, like on the marketing strategy of how you you show progress of like the particular plantation or somewhere so forth. And then also the product development as well, what people want to see in-app as well as the communications. Yeah.
1: So I'd say that it's actually two separate two separate things. So okay. for social media we would use these polls but then what's really interesting is that you'll get responses where I'd say a, a lot of times um, you know your audience will tell you we want to see a certain thing mm. you'll try it out and it doesn't actually work out so iteration and experimentation is just key when it comes to mm. social media and you know as m- as much as there's so many gu- guides out there telling you you know the Instagram algorithms have changed. you need to do xyz it's very much dependent on what your brand is mm. and and um, yeah, just trying out things for yourself. And in terms of product uh, for the development of the app, what we mainly use is we, we've we got the, you know, we're lucky to have a user base of 80,000 users. Um, the best medium for us is really to use our own app and asking uh, polls directly on the app to get as many. Um, do you sometimes polls. do
0: that in place of the questions? Actually, like not actually <laughs> on the campaign. main questions. No, I yeah. think
1: we do it more. We've got uh, a banner on mm-hmm. the app, and that just brings people towards uh, a Google form mm. or something, and that's where we get a lot of uh, of a customer feedback. Uh, you know, I, I mentioned that we launched the marketplace in November. Mm-hmm. A lot of it was based on customer research that lasted months as well, just beforehand analyzing what people wanted to see, what was important, mm. what features are important to them, uh, yeah.
0: And what does, what does that look like when you say like trying to analyze, What what is that data? Is that through the, the feedback in app as well? Are you doing like interviews with customers? What does that actually look yeah.
1: like? So it's a mix of both yeah. uh, from the product team. Uh, it's mainly interviewing users. We've also got a team of beta testers. That's really important for us as well, just mm-hmm. to see how, not only how pe- what people say they want to see, but also seeing how they interact with certain features that we implement. And obviously Google Forms as well, just to, yeah. to get the, the written feedback.
0: I'd be really interested in knowing, and I don't know if you know it offhand, but what's the sort of retention for a user coming back to plant a tree the next day, and the next day, and the next day? like?
1: yeah so our retention rate i mean uh is much higher than industry average mm-hmm. uh i'd say d1 is about 50 percent mm-hmm. um and d30 i'm not entirely sure but yeah our, our yeah. average is is higher uh, you might want to check that as well. yeah. i might need to <laughs> but i do have these numbers um well
0: it doesn't matter about specifics but i think it's i mean the fact that it is so high right because it could be yeah. so easy like it's a uh, It's a free product, right? So they haven't committed any money or sort of resource to it apart from time, right? So trying to get that, building that habit forming product, getting people coming back and back. And why do you think that is? Is it like the way that
1: you've constructed the product as well? So um, there's a bit of gamification in TreeApp itself. So as I mentioned, as a user, you land on a map of the world where you get Mm. to see our 12 reforestation projects. But actually on day one, you have to plant in Madagascar. Um, the reason being there's a lot of deforestation that's happened in mm. Madagascar, so we kind of put a lot of focus on that country. Um, but then there's gamification as the more trees you plant, the more countries you unlock. Um so I think for example, for Brazil you need to plant a hundred trees. Mm. So I'd say that's one of the reasons why our users come back. I think there's also this element of our users enjoy enjoying um discovering new sustainable brands. It's they mm. also use Tree App as a medium to to live a more sustainable lifestyle, and that's feedback that we have received. A lot of our users then, you know, see Tree App as a as a vetting process. They know that mm. the brands who expose on Tree App, or who advertise on Tree App, are sustainable. So it gives this added element of trust, mm. and that's why they they also come back every day.
0: And so a customer will, will come onto the app and they plant their tr- They answer the questions from the the partners that are on the platform. They, you, tree app will get paid a certain percentage from the partners and then also that covers the fee for planting the tree as well. So that is that the only revenue source or is that, I guess now with the marketplace that's also yeah. a secondary revenue source that you hope to get other customers that are funneling through and going, mm-hmm. oh you're also like planting a tree every day, have you thought about buying from this sustainable?
1: Exactly. Yeah. So at TreeApp there's a few re- revenue streams. So the main one, the, the main product at TreeApp is obviously the app. Mm-hmm. And so the revenue streams on the app, is, as you mentioned, the brands who um, advertise on the app, um, there's then the option to, or the availability for users to subscribe on a monthly basis to become carbon negative. So that's, you know, if you want to plant three trees, five trees or 10 trees a month. Mm-hmm. And as you mentioned, there's also the marketplace where users can now buy directly from these sustainable brands. The other revenue streams is on a much more B2B basis. And Mm -hmm. that's where brands can integrate tree planting directly into their offering. And that's whether you want to plant a tree for every sale you've made, Mm -hmm. uh, every newsletter registration, every new employee or, you know, employee birthdays. So that we work with various brands on on that basis.
0: And which which one's been the most successful? I know that's such a, like success is probably very, I don't know, what's the word I'm looking for? Contextual, like subjective—that's the word I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you might have hundreds of thousands of users that end up planting trees, or hundred thousand trees planted. But does it bring in the most revenue? But like, which, which avenues, I guess, are you are you thinking that you should be pursuing the most?
1: So the marketplace yeah. is something that we're really focusing on expanding and scaling. Um, the reason being, there's so much opportunity for you know to have a green marketplace out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's really where we'll put our, our focus on for the next um, few years. Nice. Yeah.
0: And um, we w- we'll get to the paid side of things, like paid marketing. How have you found sort of running and leading a like the paid side of marketing? Because I know, like, especially from where I work, there will be like conversations around trying to keep our cost of acquisition below a certain level. Yeah. Um, have you found any difficulties like trying to go, oh, let's let's go for this advertising route? And which have you seen that have been successful or not so successful so far as well?
1: So I think it's been really interesting, especially being such a, a small team and kind of overseeing all the, well, the paid acquisition <laughs> activities. It's been super insightful because I think what you don't realise is how much... Your paid strategy is affected by seasonality. Mm. So when I first started, I think there's also this element of the less budget you put in, the better your your CPI, you know, the cost per acquisition mm-hmm. or cost per install in our case mm. are. Um, and as soon as you scale, you start seeing trends to change and. I think that was uh, a really big learning on, on our end is obviously assume let's say there's Black Friday Christmas you'll suddenly see your cost per acquisition triple and mm. um, I guess that's something at the beginning you can't really compare um, your your cost per installs month on month you mm. need to you know um, obviously take into account seasonality and I'd say again um, one thing that we've experimenta- experimentation was also key uh, for us to learn mm-hmm. and iterate like having an iterative approach. Um, that was something that when when I first started doing paid ads. So we started off on Facebook, and you know it's trying to find which ad performs the best. And you know it's kind of ironic because when I fir- the first campaign that I launched, there's one ad that I launched within one of these campaigns and it's to this day still our best performing ad. <laughs> uh, and I've not been able to, to beat the creative or anything. Um, so it's really learning, even if you can't beat the creative, it's very much taking learnings yeah. from it and um, having adaptations from from this uh, creative and ad sets, You know, uh, especially that applies to Facebook. But when you've got an audience that you've tested out that works well, it's then trying yeah. out similar audiences. And, yeah, I'd say experimentation is just really, really the the biggest thing when it comes to Facebook Uh, and just um, uh, even other um, advertising channels. Currently, we use Apple search ads and Google um, UAC, Universal App Campaigns. And um, this is much more on a bidding strategy Mm. um, basis where you bid on keywords or just you change your bid on a day to day basis. And I'd say um, for this, it's really interesting because you'll have many, many guides online or YouTube tutorials. And I'd say your best mentor is yourself and kind of seeing what's worked well and hasn't and just keep on testing. Mm.
0: And so how many, like, let's say on an average week, how many tests do you think you'd be doing?
1: So what I do is I tend to do probably two, three tests. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd say more, more realistically, too, because I, I like to let them run for a few, for, you know, two or three yeah. days um, to see whether just to give enough time for the algorithms to optimise. Um, but on a day-to- day basis, I will be checking my bidding strategies and and just checking everything's on track. I don't just leave my campaigns running um <laughs> especially when it's um just well in our case it's um it's myself just overseeing all the different channels mm. so we we currently well we use uh, apps flyer, which is very common for apps to use what they call an MMP uh, where you basically have an overview of all your campaigns and you can make um, decisions much more easily than just going into each of these um, channels individually.
0: And Have there been any key decisions that you have made as a result? Are there any things that stand out where you've gone actually, wow, like this has taught us a lot through running this campaign? Um, I'm just throwing it out there. There might not be anything off the top, but...
1: (laughs) Well, I'd say more from a learning... I've I've learned more how um, from a... How you can get, how yeah, so one decision that I made was at the beginning, we only used one acquisition channel, which was Facebook, Mm. except Facebook has really strict advertising policies where they considered our ads to be political. And that's Mm -hmm. very common when it comes to climate change, uh, that your ads can get rejected um, because climate change is considered political Mm. and it addresses social issues. And at that time, our ads kept on getting rejected. It lasted for a couple of of days. And, you know, one of the mistakes I made was not spreading our, our costs on various channels. So that was a really... It was a key moment at TreeApp where we learned you can't, it's not because one channel performs well that you need to stick mm-hmm. to it. You need to diversify, test out new channels like this when there's days where your ads don't run. It's really, obviously, it's really frustrating. And it can, there's so much bureaucracy where it lasts a couple of days where you just need to have other acquisition channels. So, whatever day where your ads get rejected, you're at least getting um, downloads or well, paid downloads yeah. from other streams. Amazing. Mm.
0: And I think what well, the last couple of topics I want to touch on, one of them is around like the longer term marketing strategy. And I guess what what work have you done towards that? And, and I guess, yeah, what, how how do you approach marketing for not only like this current campaign, but for the next six, 12 months, 18 months? You know, is that something you think as far out? but Or is it more so at this stage, it's like focus on growth, get customers in, get them sticking, and then we can think about...
1: No, that Yeah it's a, a really good question. So the first two years I'd say was really focused on user acquisition mm-hmm. as you said getting you know the, the best cost per install really focusing on this but then we're now evolving especially now that we've launched this marketplace it's very much tracking our user um, well, user events really who's purchasing mm-hmm. from the marketplace um, Wait, I'll rephrase (laughs) because I don't want them to think that we're like tracking the activity. Um, So the first two years was very much focused on user acquisition. And, you know, we we have the advantage that our catchphrase is very much or just in general, the concept is that people get to plant a tree for free. Uh, So that's, you know, the, the past two years has really been focused on getting these users on board. And now how we're seeing is how do we retain these users and mm-hmm. how do we engage and provide them with the content that they want to see. So from a marketing perspective, it's really interesting because before the only KPIs I had set myself would be very much tracking the cost per installs, the user registration rates, mm. whereas now it's much more focused on um, how many subscribers are we getting, the marketplace, how can we grow the marketplace, and that's obviously through um, Looking at the data, and um, and yeah, scaling through. Well, obviously, I, I I mentioned that we're using AppFlyer, but it's very much optimizing campaigns towards um, towards the marketplace and and retargeting. And that was an elementary app that we didn't have at the beginning. That I think there's a huge potential for us to mm. to go into and and yeah, and just provide the content that our users want to see and make it relevant. I think that's one of the things as well. It's, um, yeah, just showing content that our users want to see.
0: Amazing. Well, I've just got one last question before we go on to some quick fire questions, which is, do you have any other advice to any other sort of companies that were, were in a similar space, let's say, and they were trying to come up with their, their own marketing strategy? Like, I know it's very broad, but mm. you, can do, you, know, term, you can think of it in terms, you can think of it in terms of the context of a B2C app or whatever, but what sort of advice would you have liked to have had starting out two and a half years ago when you were joining the team
1: um, I think it's very much um, the importance from the very beginning of just identifying what are your um, what is your content what are your content pillars mm. and I think that really guides your whole strategy after in terms of whether it's organic or paid you know that whatever you push out there, yeah aligns with those pillars um and us they were defined on the back of our values and mission um and as i said our, our slogan at tree out which is plant a tree for free every day less than a minute it's, it's very it's it's catchy and you know people remember it like many people who uh, yeah. i talk to who who know about tree App they'll say like oh yeah and like they'll remember this and i think it's just creating Content that always aligns back to Mm. to this.
0: So coming back to that why, like what is the why of this mission? What are we trying to achieve?
1: And then identifying how you communicate that why and making it structured Mm. and kind. Yeah, as I said, identifying for us it was we knew that memes worked well, so we were still Mm -hmm. able to say you know when you realize you can plant a tree for free every day and we'd use a really f- like funny photo of a monkey like screaming or something, yeah. and that worked really well but then again we'd also we'd test that against a photo of just the phone the mobile app on a you know colored background mm. and there's people were really not engaging with because it looked too much like an ad so it's very much also engaging organically mm. with them and then see like more and more, I'm seeing that the paid space is changing as well. Mm. Where video content, which is which mimic like the real and TikTok format, are working much better than if you just have your original. And that again, like I think every brand, that's one of the things is I think I relied way too much on um, on blogs and YouTube tutorials. I I use that a lot to begin with, I, mm. and I think these were useful to give confidence in what you were doing especially um, you know for me uh, I was heading the marketing it was very much making these decisions and as much as these tutorials are useful I think I would have liked to know that every single brand and, and company will have different results depending on what they mm. what they do on on especially from a paid ads perspective
0: so I think like a couple takeaways for me there is like Finding the right tonality with customers. So, mentioning about like memes versus, you know, a typical sort of ad. Um, And then also that the second point there that's just escaped me. Well, it's gone. It will come back. Um, All right. Well, let's, um, yeah, we've got just a few quickfire questions to finish things up. Um, So, um, first quickfire questions. Do you have any resource or like resource recommendations like books, videos, podcasts for marketers? Mm. And it can just be no. (laughs) I don't
1: think I do. Um, I used to listen to the Insta podcast. There was a series that Instagram did a a while back uh, where they interviewed uh, co-founders of uh, really successful. I think it might've been a French uh, series. But that was uh, really amazing just to see how uh, they grew their user base um, through Instagram and the different strategies that they used. Um, yeah,
0: cool. Uh, what are your three favorite tools? And you might mention some of them uh, for product marketing.
1: Yeah. So definitely Apps Flyer, uh, it's a lifesaver for us. Um, We use Later as well, that's a content scheduling tool. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's also extremely useful, uh, where we can schedule all our posts and write the captions in advance for Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, that's definitely key uh, for us. And I don't know if that's considered a tool, but just the G Suite, like just having Google Drive, uh, (laughs) absolutely essential um, for us to, to keep everything. We're very much focused on having Everything, all our meetings, calls with everyone just on Google Drive, just so we can always refer back to that. So, yeah, these would be my three ones.
0: Awesome. What is the one thing about your job that you would love someone to solve the solution for?
1: Hmm. (laughs) Lucky you can edit. (laughs) Um... I think it's uh, especially, um, well, ahead of us scaling, uh, I would love to have more time to, <laughs> uh, that would be, that would be amazing just, um, you know, at the moment overseeing their organic and, and pay strategy, it's, it has a lot of benefits uh, where you get to, you know, have a, a an overview about the whole holistic mm. marketing strategy, but yeah. Um, I would love to be able to, to just have more time to track, uh, as I mentioned, the bidding strategies. You know, you leave one day because there's Earth Day happening and you're away from your laptop, you come back and your CPI is mm-hmm. increased twofold. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Nice.
0: It's definitely not the first time we've had someone say time as well. So, original. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the last question uh, if you could have created any product apart from TreeApp, what would you have chosen and why?
1: Mm-hmm. It's very silly because I feel like there's so many ideas I have and I say that I do it and then I forget what. I think recently, so I often have ideas with um, with one of my best friends where we've always said, you know, that we would co-found something together and our latest idea, which we're pretty sure it does already exist, but we were both out of charge and um, on our phones and we thought it'd be really cool to have a solar powered um, mm-hmm. battery with us. Um, but, you know, a lot of them are bulky, so we thought we'd make it less nice bulky. And sleek. And, yeah. But yeah, the sustainable aspect now that I've joined a sustainable startup, yeah. I think uh, I've noticed that I'm definitely driven. Uh, that's one of the aspects of my job that I love is just that we have a mission that the whole team is driven to solve. Um, just we're driven by our mission of of reforesting our planet and that's something um that i would any endeavor that i take in the future would have to have this aspect amazing
0: well thank you so much for taking the time uh i guess best places for people to reach you if they wanted to reach out linkedin i imagine yeah um yeah well thank you so much and well anything else you wanted to plug as well (laughs)
1: Well, uh, if you'd like to plant a tree for free every day in less than a minute, then definitely download Tree App. Nice. That one's been practiced before. That was good. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Thank you so much, Sophie. Well, thank you.